the Freelance Dance, a weekly conversation between three experienced freelancers who are navigating the ups and downs and the ins and outs of the Freelance Dance. My name is Jake Knight, joined by my co-hosts, Marty Theory and Brandon Watts. Welcome to the Freelance Dance. Okay. All right. Well, welcome back, guys. It has been a minute. It's been a month since we launched the show. This is episode 11. How are we, uh, how are we feeling about it? Has it been a month? Wow. Uh, 26th of December is when we, when we, uh, when we launched. That's, yeah. That's insane. A, a month and a new year, which is even more shocking. It is. It is shocking. So uh, ten, episode 10 um, will have already been out by the time you hear episode 11, because that's how it works. Uh, you better listen to episode 10. If you haven't already, you need to go back and listen to episode 10. It's a good one. Um, but 10 episodes Sorry. and we're already in the hundreds of downloads you guys that's yeah. crazy many hundreds, hundreds actually we're gonna so, leave some mystery by not telling you how many but let's just say many hundreds yeah thank you for listening we love yeah, you for real for real super humble okay. to have anybody unbelievable to one episode i yes. can't believe you're actually listening thank you eight thank countries you. And, folks eight okay. countries right. and that's not it's, including the u.s or no, is no that includes people. the u.s and then if you get okay. in the United Kingdom, you can divide it up. We got Scotland, we got London, you know. We've got a nice variety. But yeah, we put so, we pushed this out. People don't know like we pushed this out the first week and didn't tell anyone. We just relied on the directories and I think we still got like over 100 downloads before we even told one person about it. So people are finding it. You're out there. We hear you. We see you sort of. And, and look, tell us what we're doing, uh, how we're doing, what we're doing wrong, what we're doing right. Um, leave a review because we will read them and we will adjust totally. So please do that. We need it. Yeah. We're brand that, new. That's probably, we are brand new. And well, we are honestly just passionately talking about the things that we care about and the things that we like. This conversation is going to happen if nobody listens. Um, but we're thankful that anybody is finding some value in this or some takeaways. And so I think that's actually a nice way to say that at the end of today's episode, we had a listener uh, feedback. We had somebody, a question, someone wrote in, uh, her name is Sarah and, uh, she had some question about trying to the balance between needing, really needing work and then lowering your prices and feeling like you're not being like you're, you're. We'll get into it. It's a disservice to yourself. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get into it. But uh, yeah, we'll talk about that at the end. So thanks, Sarah, for sending us a listener feedback, which anybody can do if you go to the com and click on contact. So, or our first episode said, don't tweet at us, but um, that's that was a possibility. Joke. You could, it was a joke. We love you social media. If, if you like. We're, we are using social media. Don't you worry. Don't you worry. Um, so this week, again, being being the first time that we're recording a new episode in 2021, thought it'd be good to go back and just kind of take a look at not necessarily the trends of 2020, but some of the things that maybe occurred during 2020 that might shape our 2021. Um, so we picked 10 of them. I mean, I picked 10 of them and the guys thankfully said they'll have that conversation too. So, um, so we're going to go through 10. They're, they're not in any specific order, but I do think they're relevant to the freelance life they're relevant to anybody working from home um so you guys ready to get into it i think so let's do it okay love your picks by so the way the, these 10 picks are great yeah i 
it'd been nice if you told me that before this episode we started no, recording, I, but I well, appreciate I, hearing I, yeah, about it now. Keep you guessing. Come on. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. We like to jest, you guys. <laughs> we're just, we're jesting. Uh, okay. So the first one is don't miss your window. Don't miss your window. Okay. So the idea behind that is this past year, a major shift in the world, right? Globally unprecedented is the word of the year or whatever, but it also created opportunities for lots of things. And we look at a really broad scale people, people made, you know, they started making face masks, right? All these mom and pop places were making face masks to, to create a new business working from home. So how do you feel like this year has impacted that idea of not to miss your window or not to wait? They also started uh, upcharging for hand sanit- hand sanitizer. So, I mean, <laughs> don't miss your window. Don't I mean, you window. got a small those horrible people that would do that. Oh, it's awful. But I mean, was yeah. there any any benefit to I mean to, to thinking about that idea about a major change in circumstance? I mean, my my thought on this is that everything changed. So you, you kind of had to go through the window no matter what, like even if you have a normal job, let's say you're not a freelancer, you're an employee, your entire life changed, even in your same job. So it's not even about, it's kind of like you were forced to go through a window no matter who you are. But as a freelancer, you have more control over going through that window. You can actually, you know, decide what the terms are. So yeah, I, I know, well, I changed my business this year and I, I, I teased that out in previous episodes and we'll talk more about it soon, but yeah, I, I, it was partially brought on by the pandemic. It's trying to think about things in a new way. The opportunities there go for it. Yeah. How many people are starting to trying to start a new website, um, trying to start something online? Uh, because now that this is where you're going to be able to, um, you know, you, now you have an option that maybe before you didn't, um, also too, like just the, uh, what's the industry called now where you're, you're, you're delivering (laughs) all these new, all these new delivery services, um, last mile delivery. Yeah. I mean, I can't believe how many companies now that just all of a sudden were like, Oh, okay, we're going to start delivering. And, uh, you know, you know, that was on the roadmap for a long time, but it was pushed everything. It, it forced the matter to exactly. be now. I mean, that was taking advantage of a window, obviously. Um, it, do you think that can affect viewing it this way? Instead of going, I, I think a lot about the victim hero mentality. I think that a lot of people could fall into that victim of like, oh, no, this is happening to me and I have no control over these circumstances versus the other angle of saying, you know what? I'm going to take advantage of this. I, I'm going to go out and see what I can do to make a difference or honestly just be in the marketplace. Do you think that's a better way to look at things? Yeah. And I think that's probably how someone looks at their outlook in life period. First, um, how oh, you react, sure. how, how you react to things, how you react to bad news or good news or, or whatever you're going to, you know, your reaction to that is, is going to be, um, you know, it's the same as you always, have always done, but, um, you know, what, a, what a time to like, try to figure out a better way to do things. Um, what a time to see, you know, online courses. Um, you know, I have, you have, you, you're going to miss that. You don't have that commute anymore. So you've got all, a bunch of time now to, to maybe up your, 
uh, your skills or, or whatever it is, you know, so much more time now to do that. But at the same time, we, it was a pandemic. It is still a pandemic. And, you know, that's still a huge weight on your shoulders that people um, that you have. And it's not going to make you it, it doesn't make people have a good outlook. So depending on how you react to it, um, you know, really that attitude's going to it's going to make or break <laughs> whether you take advantage of that window. Agreed. Agreed. Anything else to add, Brandon? It's good. We got a list of 10. We got to move through them. Hey. All right. <laughs> so um, let's look at the next one then. I think a handful of these are going to kind of revolve around uh, our mental space or kind of go into that internal part. But um, the next one I had on my list was love your space. I think 2020, as we all are in our space, way more than we've ever been before, the notion that it's you don't have to just accept the space around you, but trying to find a way to make the space a space you love because you have to be in it. What do you guys think about that? Well, um, I know if you're working from home, you, you better make a place where you're going to work and, and dedicate that place to working. Because if you try to do it from your couch, like we've talked about before, if you try to do it from your kitchen table, you're not going to be able to focus. Um, so if you, make a little space like you would like in your office, you put your little, your pictures and all that good stuff, you know, that you usually do when you're working at an office, you do it at your house and you have the area where, and don't do it in your bedroom. Please don't put <laughs> your office in your bedroom. Uh, your yeah, bedroom is your place sure. to go to sleep. For those of you in, in studio apartments in New York City right now, we, we're sorry, but sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you, you have to work where you live and eat yeah. and entertain and, and everything else. But yes, yes, totally agreed. And I, you know, I, I would say, I would say to that, if you haven't bought one or two little things for your office since the pandemic started, just do it. Kind of like what Marty's saying, you, you've got to be in the space. You're here more than usual, whether it's a piece of art or something on your desk, just, just buy something to make the, the experience more enjoyable. I've, I've done a little bit of that. Even repurpose something that you already have and, and find a new, a new light. Maybe it's in a drawer somewhere and dig that out and let that thing bring you joy for sure. Yeah. How do you love your space, Jake? How, um, by having multiple spaces, I, oh. I have, you know, I, I am not in a studio apartment in NYC. There, there is a time in my life that I think I would have loved that. Not, and now is not one of them. Um, but I have just, just a hand. I have got at least four different spaces in my, in my environment where I could do work if I wanted to, you know, not just in front of my, on my, at my actual desk, but I, I bought a separate chair. I do, oh. I do some work from this chair. Um, kind of my morning chair. It's where I kind of hang out in the morning. And then I've, you know, got a couch and a bar and I can do different things. And I've, and I've actually identified the things that I would do with those spaces because well, I've got time, man, I got loads of time to make random lists like that. You know, like what would I do with this chair? What kind of work would I do here? Email. That's a great place for email. So yeah, I, I'm a big fan of that too, of loving your space. Um, I think a lot of people accepted their space because if you worked at an office, you just, you got what you got. That's it. You know, but if we're working from home or if you've recently begun working from home or you're working out of your home, I do think it's important to have some visual cues that bring you joy, you know, Marie Kondo style, you know, bring a little joy in your life. 
Um, all right. So, so I think this one kind of ties back to uh, don't miss your window, but um, I think it's important this year has taught us to be able to pivot or be able to change quickly. Um, I'm going to spend too much time on it because it does kind of fall into that other thing. But Brandon, you've made a major change in what you did. And that wasn't, it wasn't like overnight, but that was still relatively quick. Yeah. Um, yeah, my business completely changed. I have no ongoing clients. I, I have clients one at a time now with PR strategy, but yeah, the, the, the foundation of that took about a year, but I'll be honest, if, if COVID hadn't happened, I'd probably still be doing what I did before. There's just something about this whole time that really gets you thinking about where you want to spend your time because all we have is time. And, you know, I think being away from others, like we were trying to be trying to follow the guidelines, it, it, it does give you more time to just re refine the things that you do for yourself. And of course, work as a freelancer is the thing you do for yourself. So yeah, I, I'm not sure if I would have made the switch. Actually, I would, I may not have pivoted fast if it was non COVID times, but COVID did teach me to make the change quicker than maybe I was even comfortable with. But so far it's, it's been a good change. It still needs to develop, but the signs are good. So yeah, don't overthink it. And I'm an overthinker. I'll be the first to tell anyone I'm an overthinker and that has its benefits in, in planning, but there's certain things when, when your gut tells you your business needs a change, it probably needs a change. And it's probably just you that's holding yourself back from doing what you should have done a long time ago. So do it fast. What, what, what's, what does Google say? The, the saying they always say is like break things and move fast or something. They're infamous saying back in the early days. That is yep. kind of a good thing to go by as a freelancer to just try different things and, and make the move quick. Was it don't be evil or? No. <laughs> yes, that was one of them. <laughs> you're, conf- <laughs> you're confusing one of the. No, you're probably right. There's another one. Yeah. Move fast and break things. But well, that's, that's hey, a good one. Welcome to the freelance life, Brandon. I mean, because honestly, like as a freelancer, yeah. if you've been doing it for a long time, uh, you've had you've you've had to be able to pivot, period. And especially if you're multiple, you have multiple clients. Uh, every day is a little bit different, but that's what's nice about being a freelancer is um, being able to move quickly and, and move on to di- you know move di- move into different projects or different uh, move, working with different clients. So yeah. Yeah, that's part of being a freelancer. I like it. Yeah, yeah. I I think um, probably I ended up onboarding clients before the pandemic. That's kind of sustained my freelance, you know, through. But it's re- that's changed as of as of December. Um, so I've had to. I'm I'm pivoting fast now. I'm I'm rethinking my entire approach as the we talked about it on episode ten about target market or, you know, who we're going with. I'm, I'm going all in on the brewery market. I'm that I'm just, I'm redoing my website, changing content copy. I'm like, I'm going to go all in on that space. It might not be the right one 10 years from now. And I'll, you know, pivot when that, when that happens. But that's, that's been, and again, I don't know if I would have done that pandemic. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to try it. Um, all right. The next one to talk about, uh, mental health is important. So, this is one of those, uh, those topics that people, you know, have entire podcasts on. And I'm not talking about, um, I'm not talking about a deep dive into mental health and well being. but I think this year taught us that our, our minds, when you're stuck in these, these environments, you can go crazy. The anxiety is higher. 
stress is higher. Everything seems like it's turned up to, you know, 11 on the, on the volume. So what have you guys, have you guys found anything that has been helpful for mental health? Um, we live at a beach here and Jake, you've got a beach pretty close to you up in Michigan. Yep. Um, yep. I will say that taking a break, even if it's in the middle of the day and trying to recharge that way does a great deal for, uh, your mental health, um, taking a break period and realizing that, Hey, um, cause when you're at home, the thing about being a freelancer is that you could work 20 out of 24 hours easily if you, ha if you wanted to. Um, but you know, that would destroy your mental health. <laughs> All right. Correct. I mean, that would, you would just be, that would be insane. And so, um, being too busy and that's, what's wonderful about being a freelancer is that you're able to make your own schedule, figure out, uh, what, what time it's good to, for you to work and when you want to work and how you want to work, when you want to respond to people, when you want to have a meeting, you can schedule all those things. Those are all your, your own things. And so, um, being able to take a break and maybe even a good, an extended break right now, especially, uh, will help your mental health. I think even, even like a staycation, right? You're saying even just shutting off your devices and just have a staycation even every weekend, just do it. Just shut them all off. <laughs> you heard it here first. Shut it down. Shut it. Marty, Marty, shut it down theory. <laughs> shut it all shut off. Down. Shut it down um, theory. <laughs> Brandon, yeah, what about I, you? Mental health. Well, I'm I'm on the same stretch of beach that he is, and let me tell you, that's that's a big reason why we moved here was to get some mental space from being in an office all the time. So yeah, and it's been tough because right now it's the winter and it's actually been kind of rainy here. So it's, it's prevented us from spending more time at the beach. It's been a downer. Um, but yeah, that's, that's what we would do. But the other thing I'd mention on that topic is, uh, mental health, give yourself some space from work. Kind of like what Marty's saying, I, I still am disgusted by what I see about people that think that you have to work, you know, 120 hours a week to, to be successful as a freelancer. I, I think that's that's part of something I stand for that I, I'm trying to get better about is if you're trying to make if you're trying to work more, you need to work smarter. You need to work less time so you do have more of a mental break. It's not sustainable to to think that if you're working 18 hours a day that you're accomplishing a lot. I bet you're not accomplishing a lot. I bet you'd accomplish a lot more in six hours. And guess what? You know, want, want proof of that? Track your time and you'll see how much you actually work. You may think you're working a bunch, but... Yeah, I, just just with the mental health part, my whole thing is tr to work as little as possible and to make the most money as possible in that time. That is going to help your mental health. Trying to work 18 hours a day isn't going to help your mental health. So just like Marty said, shut it down. And also to, you know, the notifications. I mean, if you're getting, if you're seeing those emails at, at eight o'clock at night, or if you're seeing those emails at, you know, on a Saturday afternoon when you're trying to enjoy your time with your family or your friends, uh, that's going to, that's going to, it's not good. <laughs> you know, turn those notifications off. Don't install Slack on your phone. If you don't have to, uh, you know, stuff like that, that it's not, 
you know, it's not going to help. It doesn't, it doesn't, it, it's going to be okay if you don't get to it until Monday. That's, and that's actually a really great, one of the things that I've done for my mental health. And that was, you know, I talked about that after I came back from the Island that I, I shut off a lot of notifications. It, it went a little overboard. So I was missing some important things. Um, so I've kind of, you know, refound that balance again, but it's, it kind of crept up over installing a few apps or, you know, the past couple of weeks. And I started noticing that my wrist, my, cause I have an Apple watch, my wrist, you know, notifications are coming through. And like, I didn't think I had that set up like that. So I'm a big fan of the throw the do not disturb on while you're, if you've, if you've got a block of time that you've got devoted to something, throw that do not disturb on that's helpful. Or, or your spouse, get a spouse. If your spouse sees you checking your notifications on your Apple watch, she will be upset when she's having a conversation with you. <laughs> I, I feel like, I feel like this might be a personal experience or is this just a general, this is just a general concept. Okay. Uh, no, no, you don't have to comment. Don't say anything. I know she doesn't listen to the show, but don't worry about it. Um, okay. Well, that takes us nicely into once you, in fact, actually one of the ways to help deal with mental health is physical health. So this has been a big, big year. Um, you couldn't really buy a bike if you wanted to, because they were like, they were off the shelves. Um, I think you can still find rollerblades, but Brandon, um, Brandon has, has a thing and I don't have a thing because my thing was before COVID and I love my thing, but Brandon has his thing (laughs) and I wish I had it too. What is it? I do. Well, you guys got Apple fitness, so you're, you're, I think you both have it, right? We, we're going to have to touch base on that, you know, a little bit later once we find out how that's going. I did hit the subscribe button, but I'm, you know. Yeah, you didn't lose 100 pounds on that. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> Not to say Marty hey, needs to lose 100 hey, pounds. Hey, hey, <laughs> no, I'm using what's known as exaggeration, just so you all know. Much exaggeration. Yeah, so <laughs> physical health. Um, yeah, we just, we happen, I, I mentioned Peloton, I think in episode one or two or whatever, but uh, we, we placed the order for that thing, I think in february or january of 2020 so we so, just got so it. smart so smart. well um, you know it, it it turned out to be smart i didn't know it was smart at the time of course but yeah and my wife loves it i love it i just was we both wrote it yesterday she wrote it today like it, it is a daily part of our lives and it's been almost a year and i i can't tell you that i've lost 100 pounds even though i you know i i want to lose some weight but it it's keeping me active and healthy and i you know it's, it's, I can't say, I can't promise you that I've lost a lot of weight. In fact, I probably gained weight, but that has to do probably with diet, but that's a whole nother topic. Um, you know, it's, yeah. not a, it's not a conversation about weight, physical health. I, know. I mean, it could, it could be, a, it could be about weight for sure, but just being active. I, yes. like I've joked with you guys, I, I want to create an app that, uh, that rewards your fitness level with coupons to like the ice cream shop and says, Hey, you've earned a blizzard from Dairy Queen or, Hey, by the way, that was a great run. Go get yourself a Whopper. You there equal, is a service. It. There is a service where you actually have to pay money. You pay money if you don't succeed at your thing. I forget what it's called. Mm-hmm. I've, se- I've seen it before, but it's interesting. Like, it's, I think it might be Weight Watchers. I think that's Weight Watchers. Uh, no. <laughs> no. <it's, laughs> uh, I, I think like, they do that, too. They do, yeah, they do, do that. Yeah. yeah, but I know what Marty's talking about. Yeah, it makes you accountable. Like, yep. you either make money if you lose weight, or you pay money in if you don't lose weight, and that that will get you to do it. Interesting, but but really, for anybody who is like trying to struggle with just doing exercise or something, there is legit science about twenty minutes a day that actually, uh, like joy molecules, they call them, 
like even just after 20 minutes of doing some physical exercise, light to moderate, you know, not a, you don't have to do, you know, a CrossFit. I was just taking my rings workout. Um, but go for a hike. Yeah. Get outside in nature. A lot of those things you can, it's a double-edged sword by taking a hike in the woods. You're taking care of your physical health, but also your mental health is kind of benefiting from that same thing. I think I can close all my rings today, which I'm happy about. So proud of you, buddy. So proud of you. I've got 22 minutes. I got 20, I got 10 minutes to work out. So, uh, eight minutes and then three more stands. Good. I, I like, uh, I like when, when my watch says, Hey, if you take a 27 minute brisk walk, you can close your rings. Like <laughs> it's nine o'clock at night. I'm not it's like earlier. Hit me up earlier for that. You could still do it. <laughs> you could still do it. Um, okay. So physical health, that's important. This, yeah. And I think it's good to keep that, uh, that, that going like, you know, on into the, even after things change, however that may be, keep that going. Okay. Um, continuing education. So you kind of talked about this, Marty, about in the very beginning, about learning things. Do you guys feel that this year has given you an opportunity to take in more, become a subject matter expert in your field or, you know, how, how was, how was 2020 kind of guided you in that, in that route? I love continuing education. I love, I mean, none of us have any excuses. There are incredible videos on YouTube for each of our fields. There is free training from experts. There is like pay 20 bucks and get it, you know, a 40 hour course on something. I mean, it's, there are no barriers to learning anything new. And I am, I'm completely a fan of this. My, my, the thing that I've been trying to do, which is a little old school, but I still prefer it right now is just to always make sure I have two or three books about business or PR writing or marketing or whatever sales to just always have a few books in my office. Like right now I just have a book on PR that I'm about halfway through and I spend 10 to 15 minutes reading it a day and it's fantastic. And you know, we all have those books. You can just Google what are the best, you know, for Marty, what are best design books or what are the best marketing books? And we all know what they are, but just order two or three of them from Amazon. It's probably only going to cost you 30 bucks. It might take you two months to read them, but it's going to be worth it. So just a little bit every day helps. Well, and also if you're a freelancer, I mean, you're going to definitely want to, you're going to have to, you're going to have to learn a lot more than just your skill. Obviously you're gonna have to learn business. You're gonna have to learn how to, how to talk to people, how to communicate. Um, you know, I, I feel like, uh, I had an opportunity for me. It's, I'm always trying to learn what's next or what's, uh, improving my abilities or my skills. Um, this year I took a pretty deep dive and still taking deep dive on learning how to, how to build apps with react. Um, you know, that's something that I'm extremely interested in, uh, building websites, uh, with static generation with next JS, you know, stuff like that is to me, you know, extremely interesting that has nothing, you know, that stuff for, if you're just a designer, you know, you don't have to do that. Like you don't, you don't have to get into that, into that, um, industry. Um, but for me, that's, it's interesting and I want to, that's something I want to, uh, get into. Um, so, you know, if you're a freelancer, you're going to have to, you, you, you definitely want to have, uh, multiple, multiple things up your sleeve and be able to be able to be able to do it. Say it, say it. Yeah. (laughs) Be able to do this dance. The, um, be able to freelance dance. 
Um, yeah, and I, so th- this is interesting to me because I I tend to be and always have been. I can pick things up pretty quick, but I I have like I don't know if there's a name for it. I'm a million million miles wide, but one inch deep in a lot of subjects. A lot mm-hmm. of subjects. It was always a goal as a younger person to be able to have a conversation with anybody on any topic. Like, how long is an elephant's pregnancy? 18 months. I don't know. I know that. I don't know why <laughs> I know that, but I do. Um, so as like taking in new information, and one of my picks, you know, or one of the earlier episodes, Masterclass. So that's actually some stuff that I might use for work, but also as part of that mental health thing. Be con- continuing ed learning some, you know, the one was the art of negotiation, but also some cooking or sleight of hand. I I think there is so much available for you. So instead of just sitting in front of the TV or, or mindlessly, endlessly scrolling, pick, pick a topic and start learning, learn how to play the piano. Here's the thing on that. Something. If you don't do that, you will not be in this job very long. You, you have got very true. Just like Marty said, I mean, my my industry has actually kind of been the same for quite a while. I mean, a lot of a lot of what I do or what I help companies do is find the right person and, and distill your message into a, a timely pitch and get it to them. You, you can do that. You, you've been able to do that for decades with email or whatever. I mean, they used to send press releases through the mail. I remember when I worked for a PR agency, that's how they did it. They had people licking envelopes and sending them <laughs> through the mail. Like I was, I was a part of it back in those days. And of course that's long gone, but yeah, if if you, if you don't learn something new, you're done. So you have no option, but to do what we're talking about. Okay. So I think that was number six. Number seven is tied hand in hand, uh, limit media consumption or choose the right media consumption. I think this year has taught us too that there is an endless amount of content coming at us that is filling up any screen of any device at any time, uh, especially obviously because of here in the U.S. at least with an election year and also the pandemic. Um, just a lot of things coming at us, a wild and crazy year. I think there's a lot to be said about setting some limits on yourself or as a family, you know, whatever setting some limits and being mindful about how much time you're actually spending. You know, go back and if you use an iOS device, go back and look at your screen time app and see where you spent time in. You might be surprised at the end of a week to see a news app has nine hours. I think nine hours of looking at a news app. I'm mean, not, I don't think I've never, I don't think I did that. I just, I don't think I did. I can't, I can't say that definitively, but I don't think that was me. Um, but that's a lot of time. You start looking at that. That's a lot of time to have, and a lot of that, sadly, is negative energy, right? Negative information coming in. And that will never make, that will adversely affect your mental health. So I think this year for me taught limit media consumption. Like I said, I went to on an island, got rid of, you know, a week without any of that stuff. Really did help reset and make some conscious choices as to what you will consume. Guys, what do you think? Agreed, Mint. And agreed. I, um... Why do you need all those news apps? You know, why do you need, you know, I can't, I like for me, I just, I don't have Instagram on my fa- my uh, phone. I don't have Facebook on my phone. Um, I just don't, I don't want to know about it and I don't want to care because it'll just, I'll just check it. 
I, it'll, it'll, it'll be there and I'll be, Oh, there's the app and I'll open it. And, and all of a sudden an hour went by and what, what was accomplished? Nothing. You know, um, I just saw, I saw a quarter, you know, for, for 30 minutes, I saw ads and then the other 30 minutes. <laughs> Correct. I was just going to say, <laughs> you, you probably witnessed about 914 ads. Uh, <laughs> 30 minutes. I saw baby pictures. So it's like, all right, you know, um, I don't think, you know, making sure that your phone and uh, anything that you're consuming, you know, even just uh, it, it's, it's, there's so much and they've done such a good job at trying to get people to hooked to do things. And there's always something new. And those, those little new things are so addictive that they, they get your endorphins and it's like, man, I just need to see the feed. I need to scroll that feed. It's like, ugh. they figured it's it out. Literally, but, it's literally, it's tripping wires in our brain. It's yeah. literally tripping wires in our brain. Yeah. Brandon, what about you? Yeah. I don't have much to say on this because I failed terribly this year. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think part of it is because of my profession. I am a news hound and that's why I do PR. I, I love, I love news. I love what goes into news and the structure of news and decisions that are made editorially. I mean, this stuff fascinates me. So I, I have trouble consuming news. I'm, I'm way too connected with it. Um, I need to limit it for sure. Part of it, I can blame on my profession, but a lot of it's just unnecessary. And it's, it's like how I relax is just catching up on what's going on. But are you going back to mental health? Yeah. I, so I, I will literally check the news. Like I, I I, during the day or like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Because yeah, I'll reload something CNN or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Something, you know, we all know about the, what happened at the Capitol. I heard it from you. Like I didn't, I didn't know about it until you actually texted me and said, same. Oh yeah. Yep. No, I know like, about these things. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, part of it, and they're so I'm good. Glad you like, did, but <laughs> like you guys are, ta- like you guys are talking about psychologically when you go to like CNN.com as an example right now, and they all do it. Every news site does it. Um, it's like two minutes ago, this happened five minutes ago, this happened. And you could, you could literally, you could just, I'm missing something because mm. within an hour and over the course of last year, which was a nuts year, COVID, all the stuff that was happening every five minutes, something crazy was happening. And I just, you know, it's hard for me not to know about it or to process it. I I've always liked to be clued in. So I have failed this way. And that's something I need to work on getting better about. I'm, you guys do a much better job of just saying, I'm just going to not pay attention. And if it's important, I'll I'm hear about s- it. I'm going to take the other, the other swing at that because I don't necessarily think you should condemn yourself for doing that. I think that there is, everybody handles it differently. I, I cannot see the doomsday headlines all the time. That's stressful. I don't, I don't like it. Um, I do look at the news several times a day, but I use Google Newsreader and it kind of is curated and I've blocked the stuff I don't want to see. And I might, it might be some tech stuff or, you know, game stuff or whatever. I'm, so I'm not opposed to checking it. I think where anybody would have to go, is it at the detriment of your work or your family life or, you know, or your, your own health? Is it affecting something? And again, I think it's good to audit it. Just like you said about tracking your time for work, Brandon, it's good to just audit, just know what you're doing. I think that's my biggest thing this year. Know what you're consciously choosing to do with your stuff, because otherwise you will get hijacked by your phone or by media. You'll get hijacked. And you're never, we'll touch on this in the next point, but you'll never be able to do deep work, which is such a beautiful thing when you can do it as a freelancer, 
you're never going to be able to do it when you're getting notifications or checking the news. It's it's your the quality of your work is going to suffer. So and and it mine has. I will say. I mean, it's because I'm my brain is distracted. So I I need to get better at it. But yeah, I'll, I'll work on it. Well, well, thanks for that. Um, thanks for for letting us know. Um, identifying the problem is the first step. That's right. Um, <laughs> but keep, but no, I'm actually curious. I'll, I'll be curious to follow up maybe in the future to see to see if you know how that's happened. Okay. But but that takes us right into the next point, which is screen fatigue. I didn't even know there was such a thing before this happened. I'm actually wearing glasses now that I pre 2020 I wasn't. And the eye doctor's like, well, it's just what happens when you get old. I'm like, or looking at the screen for 20 hours a day. That might have something to do with it too eye stressing out so screen fatigue have you guys experienced that <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> that's almost okay, comical okay. it's almost comical now there's a difference there's a difference between the screen i'm looking at right now my phone and then my big you know 65 inch television like i don't get as fatigued looking at a tv i, I don't know if it's because it's mm-hmm. a recreational experience whenever i'm looking at my phone or i'm at this computer it it has a level of stress because it's like i've got to accomplish something on it that's you, that's what I love about, and I've even heard, I've, I've read stuff about perfectionism. Perfectionists love to watch TV because there's nothing they can do that controls it. It's an experience that they can't perfect. Oh, it's coming that's to them. Interesting. Really? And so, no, it's fascinating. So a perfectionist loves to watch TV because there's nothing they can do to change it. It's just an experience coming at them. When I'm looking at my phone or my computer screen, it's just an influx of messages and things that have to happen and... I didn't check with that person and they're bothering me and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> That's where my fatigue comes in. So yes, I try to limit as much as possible when I'm looking at a, a mobile phone or a computer screen. Now, does anyone watch TV and then also have their iPhone or have their phone with them while watching? Oh TV? man, I try not to. I've this year, all I've tried time. not to, but it happens all the time. Okay. Here's part of why it doesn't for me. Is because I have these stupid glasses, and I and they're if I'm sitting in the couch, I have to like put them down my nose like I'm 90 years old, and <laughs> and then I'm like looking up and then down, and it's just too much work, and I'm 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 not about that life. So I have actually stopped using my devices more this year than any other year be, because of the glasses. So an artificial hack. Hmm. Maybe maybe I just found something that's like. If you want to stop looking at your device while watching TV, get glasses that make it impossible for you to look at your device in your hand. Real quick, are you watching TV like stuff that you've you're, you've chosen based on like an Apple TV, or are you just like watching your local, you know, cable TVs flipping through stations, or like look? How, I know how, I do, said, how do you watch? I said I'm I said I'm yeah. older, <laughs> but I'm I'm not that old. Um, I, no, it's all curated content. It's all curated content. I, I don't have anything that is mindless TV that I throw on in the background. I, it's actually one of just personally, I don't, I have a hard time even sitting down to watch TV. I like to, I like to be standing, I like, I like committing to the, that I'm going to be doing this. So this year, if I'm a sitting down, we've got shows we watch, you know, as a couple and it's what, it's what we do. I like to pay attention, I like to watch. So this year we subscribed to YouTube TV. And so YouTube TV is just like, subscribe oh, yeah. to another, another cable service, but, um, you're getting, you know, you're getting your local channels and, um, it was, it, it's been a while since I had actually had cable or, or we, before that was the, I had, um, dish, but, uh, 
I realized that I hadn't seen commercials in a while. And it, when I first started watching some shows, I was like, man, these commercials are like, especially, and I got it for football. So, you know, it's like these commercials are, are on for forever. And it's like, all right, I, that's, that's what actually brought the phone to me. Like I was like, all right, well there's com- it's commercials now. All right. I'll bring the phone to me. And so you don't watch the commercials. You, you're on your phone. Uh, and I realized, oh, okay, this is a different way. This is a new way of watching TV. And it would take me a while. Now it takes me a little while to go f- back from my phone to whatever I'm watching, be it football, basketball, sh- some show. Um, and I think that's an interest. It's just interesting to me. It's interesting. So, <laughs> so I'm, I'm so happy you actually brought that up because, so this happened this past weekend, watching football playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, we have YouTube TV as well. Um, and I love the, the catch up to live by watching all the key plays. I think that's yep. a brilliant thing, but here's a plot twist. YouTube is owned by Google. Yes. So now OTT, which is over the top, the, the ad network that they put plug into television. Um, you, they can now give you through YouTube TV, a curated ad that is different than the one that I get. That's real. That's real. Cause I saw some, I saw an ad for Salesforce. Salesforce is a super high end CRM that is not the general population is going to have no idea. And I saw that ad and I actually first thought that's such a waste of money. Why would they put this on national TV? And then I was like, for football, really? For, I'm like, that's it. They're hitting all these execs. They're hitting all these people that work in those places. And so that it's kind of the first time I personally experienced it. And it's exciting from what I do for marketing, because that means I could, you could get the right message. And I'm not talking about garbage messages, but anyway, yeah. we, we digress. We digress. Uh, but it's safe to say we enjoy the the football. All <laughs> right, so screen fatigue, um, screen fatigue. So we talked about so number nine, and this is just something that I think really resonated with me. Um, but you need a tribe. Mm. I think more more than ever, this really highlighted gaps in our social, you know, by being just being home, being remote, not being able to do what you used to be able to do. So this idea of a tribe. So Marty, what, what do you, you're, you're nodding your head. What do you, what about that really sticks with you? I think I've, uh, gone the opposite. Uh, beside, I will say that besides the three of us doing this uh, on a weekly basis, um, I have not, it, to me, it was almost painful to do, to, to, to associate with other people via zoom or to associate with other people um, with via, via screen. And it was, I couldn't, I, it's just not something that's fun to me. Um, only because I, I mean, I use it for meetings that to me were, that's an accomplishing, you're accomplishing something. I use it to discuss work stuff, but to do it at a social level, this is not, this is, does not feel like something that, uh, can last but anyway um i feel like the tribe thing if anything this is it this is the tribe right here for me right 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 now right right. uh other than that um my other the other kind of weird thing that i have is the group messages i can't i can't do it i can't can't handle it (laughs) for me personally 
it's when there's a group message. I just, I have no desire to reply back or get into it or follow back up with the hundred messages that are coming. Cause usually the group messages are going on when I'm working. And so I come back to it and there's a, I have a hundred, it says a hundred messages <laughs> on the, on my iPhone. That's a little overwhelming. And it's like, I can't do it guys. I can't, I love you guys, but I can't. And that's the thing. I miss every, all of my friends. So miss my family, miss everybody. But this year I just, it was like that extra thing that it, because we weren't together in a face to face, which I thrive. Like I get energized when I'm in front of people or with people doing things. Oh yeah. Right. I like it, it just, it, it makes, I mean that like it live for it, but because I haven't been able to do that with anybody or be with people, um, I just, it's like the opposite. I don't want to do it via digital. I don't want to do it at all, but that's just me. Okay. Okay. This I, is the tribe. This is my tribe. The, I love you guys. Yeah. These guys, these guys, you guys are the best. We talk all, you know, every week. And it's, I think because we have a goal, this is a, this is an awesome tribe. I do suggest, you know, this is, the, this is why you have it in there. Get a tribe. Cause this is, I mean, this is an awesome tribe because we're actually, you know, this is we're we're talking about geek stuff, and I can do that all day. And we're three. We're not talking about a tribe of oh, like, yeah, you true. know yeah. like a nation. We're just like it could be as little as just having somebody. Yeah, yeah, having yeah. somebody. It's been helpful. You know. It's been very helpful. Okay, it's been awesome. All right, my, my comments are are very similar. I because I was going to say the same thing. This is kind of the tribe right here. If we wouldn't have done this, we we started this to just kind of keep in touch. We had intentions of releasing a podcast, but. I mean, it really was just kind of catching up. If we wouldn't have done this, I don't know. Because I feel the same way Marty does. We've done some of these Zoom happy hour things. And it's when I know it's coming, even with people I love, and I'm, I'm actually kind of excited about it. I still like it's like on my head the whole day that it's happening. And then it's exhausting when it takes place. And there's just that little bit of delay and you can't quite hear what they said. They said something under their breath. And it's. Yeah. All of the spontaneity of a real social conversation is gone. And I, I'm a pretty inter introverted guy, but um, I, at least I used to be. But this has been, yeah, I, I, I'm desperate to be able to be around people and have normal social interactions. So I have not done a good job of keeping a digital tribe except for this. But then again, I think that's all you need is is a couple people that you stay in touch with regularly and talk about things that you like. And that's that's good and enough. Man, I, I, and, okay, so full disclosure, we have not discussed this topic ahead of time. So the three of us, I mean, we knew what we were going to talk about for today's episode, but we have not discussed this topic. But you guys, I feel like I could just go ditto, ditto, um, because especially early on, it was just a really quick reminder that the world is not right. So it's like you get on, you get on zoom to, you know, to Google hangout, FaceTime, whatever. And it's just like a reminder that you're doing this because you can't do the other thing that you want to do. And that, and that hits me hard. I mean, that's just like I'm a, the same thing, Marty. I'd love to be energized by a crowd in my previous life. I ran a dance studio. I mean, I'd love getting on stage in front of, you know, hundreds of people. This is so different. So, so my tribe is, is a handful of friends that I talk to on the phone on a regular basis. Um, and, and this, right. And I, th I think the same thing, if I didn't have this to look forward to every week, it'd be very dark. Every week would be just a little bit sadder. Um, so thanks guys for brightening, brightening my week. You know, the, 
with the sunshine hey, to my Thank you, clouds. And, and, and you listeners, you're part of this tribe. You're part of the tribe. Welcome our tri- welcome to our tribe. Should we yeah, open well, the Discord? Welcome. Should we open the Discord? Go ahead. We'll open the Discord. I, I think it's going to happen soon. I think it's going to happen soon. Um, okay. So then the last, the last one, as we're all talking about video, um, the last one I have is video is here to stay. So I'm, I put that in there because pre pandemic having a video meeting with somebody, even with a client was weird. It was awkward. So I'm going to tell you guys. So this past week I had a video, um, I had to set up an email, switch emails for a client of mine, move them off of the media temple host I was over to, to Google. So I've not, never done that before. So I didn't really know what to expect. We got it all migrated. Then I had to walk them through the setup. I'm like, okay, well, how about we just do zoom and I can, they're in there, they're in Florida, by the way, this client's in Florida. So I can't, I went to the other office, which is just 30 miles away. I physically went there and made some changes. This older couple, um, they own the couple, they own the company. I would not say tech savvy. They're, they're great. They're great people. But over the course of that time, we use Zoom to be able to make the changes on the computer. We use FaceTime and we use Facebook Messenger video to get the final process. All within the course of like 30 minutes. I would, a year ago, I would have said, there's no way. I just hire someone down there because we're not going to be able to to do this. I should have had you guys go do it. It's in your neighborhood. Um, but anyway, video... Everybody went from no one does it to now, oh my goodness, how much money can you save? So I think anybody not embracing video as a medium to either share or, you know, consume or be willing, you know, to be on camera. I think that's a vulnerability, especially in the freelance space. If you're not willing to enter that market, you are adversely limiting the potential upside of what you do clients want to see you people want to they want to see you they can't see you in face to face they're going to want to see you on video um especially and then i i have clients all over the country so if i if they don't see me you know when we're we're talking about things or or trying to fix things you know that's it's just a little bit more of a barrier so yeah this i'm I'm so into this this part because i you know companies i've worked with especially in the old old business, big companies, big tech companies, like very venture funded, you know, like doing very well. We never did video calls before March, 2020, never. And then you saw that, you saw that gradually happen where suddenly it's like, you're on a video call. It's like, are we doing our video? Like everyone joins with just audio. And then it's kind of like one person has it on. I got the funniest thing was many of those, those meetings, someone there's like one out of 10 people have their video on and then they turn it off after 30 seconds. Cause yeah. no one else did. I saw a lot of that. And then like go, f- go forward another couple of months. Suddenly half the group has the video on. And then, you know, more recently it's on by default. And yep. that is a shocking development, but I, I, I never thought about how valuable it was until all this happened. But I, as I'll talk about with my pick, I am all in on video, giving a personal connection. When people can see you, that's it. That's what it's all about. I mean, you can hear us right now, but when you're doing business with people and you can see them too, that's what gets you over the edge. So yeah, it's, it's, it's video. That's never going to change. People are going to expect us all to be on video all the time. And guess what? I'm, I'm good with it. Yes. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, I am too. Yep. 
um, now all three of us need to just produce a lot of video content for social media, which none of us really do. No. So never. Yeah, true. We're all of, we're all about it, but we have limitations. Go listen to episode one. Um, okay. So that was a, that was a good, a good recap. Those 10, 10 things just to kind of recap, don't miss your window, love your space, be able to pivot or change fast. Mental health is important. Physical health is important. Keep learning know what information is coming into you for your media consumption make the conscious choice for that screen fatigue is real it can make you a grumpy person or even sad um you need to try big or small you need you need some sort of connection and video is not going anywhere so i appreciate uh your guys's contribution to this i think that was an excellent overview of those topics and spoiler alert um, for a lot of these topics, we probably will have some episodes that kind of just sit on that one topic um, to go a little more deep, deep into some of that. So before we get into uh, the freelance dance picks of the week, I want to go back to our listener who wrote in Sarah. So here's what she had to say. She says oh, yeah. she runs she runs a small gig on the side uh, doing wedding photography. Um, she, she said she was wondering if we could talk about drawing the line between really needing work, accepting jobs that you might not especially want to take, but also wanting to save your dignity at the same time. And maybe even just around like how much to charge or letting someone get you down in price for, let's say you were going to offer a service for a hundred bucks and they say they'll give you 20, but you really need the 20 bucks. So you say yes. So how do you, how do we navigate that? How do how have you guys navigated that when you need work about keeping your dignity I've got some thoughts, but I'm curious what you guys have to have to say. Boy. Brandon, Sarah, we feel your pain. That's uh, for that sure. is that is always going to be a thing in the freelance space. Doesn't matter what you do. Um, now she says she says there in the, the the email she wrote in about really needing the work. Well, my thought on that is if you really need the work, you probably should take it. <laughs> what I mean by that is, let's say you have zero income and someone gives you a really low rate from what you're you're usually charging but you have nothing else coming in if especially if you're getting started you probably should take that because you need it there's there's need and want like when you're in a position to charge whatever you want and get it then you're in a luxury position but when you do actually need something i feel like you you kind of have to now now again if you've been doing this for decades that's that's different but i think the context of her email is she's kind of starting out and when you're when you're kind of starting out you you do have to you have to take jobs that you might not have planned on or that might not be glamorous and and view it as if here's here's what i would say about that if you're going to lower your rate make sure that you get a commitment from them that if they're pleased they'll give you a testimonial or will contribute to a case study or something because that oh, is going to help you get the higher end work there is so much to be said about a quote from a customer and there's, there's cases where I've, I know people have done work for free in certain cases to get a really good quote from someone respectable. And that's going to make sure that you never have this situation ever again, a, a, a collection of good quotes from clients is going to prevent you from getting these, these, these small offers. But again, I, I think you have to define what is a need. Like if I had $0 coming in, no prospects and someone was give, going to give me money to do my job, it, you can't, you might need to take it, but make sure that this isn't something that's repeatable. Make sure that you're laying the groundwork with that cheap free work 
to get better work. Just view it as a stepping stone. Don't view it as I'm always going to be doing this cheap work. I'm going to do the opposite or attack the opposite <laughs> of, of the, the end of that, of that, uh, opinion. Um, so, you know, for what it's worth, she did say really needing work with a lot of ease. So really needing work. Um, and to Brandon's point, <laughs> yes, if you really need the work, you need to go ahead and just take that client because you need to pay your bills. Um, the other point, the other side of that and saving your dignity, um, you don't want to take jobs that, uh, are going to become like a pattern. So what can happen is, as you start get taking these clients and these clients refer to you other clients, Oh, this guy's, or this girl is, is this much amount of money and you know, she'll treat you right. And this is how much it'll be. And, and that's that, um, contracts with, specific instructions of telling your client that you cannot tell them how much money other people, how much money you make or how much this thing is going to cost is very important. I believe because interesting. Yes. Because you prevent, you, you prevent them from saying, okay, this person's super cheap. You could shut high to them. Those are the worst words you ever want to hear in your life. Um, that is between you and your client, how much you charge and how much you get paid. And that's it. Now, if they want to talk about the work, they want to talk about your process. They want to talk about, uh, you know, this amazing wedding photographer by all means, but the price is between you and your client and that's it. It's the old school way of doing things. You know, Hey, this person was this much amount of money and I'm going to show, you know, Hey, this is, it is what it is, especially wedding photography. Um, you know, depending on what kind of clients you want to have, um, do you want to have the same type of clients that you're getting that are paying this small amount of money compared to what the client that will pay a lot amount, a lot more? Um, then you know that will be <laughs> that will be very hard if people are advertising how much you're making or how much they they uh, how much you charged. Um, so that's to me a lesson I learned a long time ago. Um, but there's nothing wrong with saying no to, you know, if there, if you see red flags as far as what kind of person you're going to be dealing with or what kind of client you're going to be dealing with, there's nothing wrong with saying no. If you've had experience working with hard, you know, hard to work with clients, there's nothing wrong with saying no and saving your dignity because that'll open you up to more. Um, you're just going to have to work a little bit harder or you're going to have to be more, a little more creative and figure out how to get more work. Um, but that is, uh, there's nothing wrong with saying no, because it's going to save you down the line because then you realize, okay, this is, this person was not a pain and it was not hard to, you know, this person was easy to work with. You know, what kind of clients you want to work with. Um, so sorry for the opposing opinion, but <laughs> no, this is, no, this good. is great because I, I have a different approach to yeah. than what either of you did. And this topic yeah. is actually near and dear to my heart because I routinely do things because I think I need the money and probably realistically do. Um, but I put it at a price when I know the client's going to say yes, but I would feel ashamed to kind of say how much I'm charging to yeah. you guys um, well, or my peers. Right. So, so here, so here's my, here's my way to keep your dignity, but also accept a lower payment. I think it has bits from what both of you are saying. This is always going to, people are always going to do this. 
So A, recognize that the client who asks you for that ridiculous price is not someone you're going to want to work with, period. But, but the question was if you, if you have to. So here's, here's what I, and I did not make this up. I don't know where, where I heard it from, but offer them a first client discount, a first time discount. So you know what, since you mentioned this, I do have a discount. This is the first time I've worked with you or it's a November special. I am running a special this month. Um, and then saying, here's what it is. But if you lower your price, you got to cut out stuff. You got to take away stuff that you would have done at the full price. So I think it's a two-fold thing. If they're asking you to do work, say, you know what, absolutely, let's come down on this. By the way, that won't include X, Y, and Z. I'll do everything else, but it won't include X, Y, and Z. If you want exactly. those things, here's the full, here's the full rate. I, I've, in my mind, that is the easiest way to keep your dignity and also save yourself some work because, you know, that's the other frustrating thing. It's going to be the same amount of work as somebody paying full price mm-hmm. if you do the same thing. So now not only is it like a kick in the face because you're getting less money, now every second you work on that project, you're going to be angry because <laughs> you're just mad that you did this. So I think those are the two things I would recommend. A contract is absolute, but go into it with the expectation that they might try to come down on price. If, you, if, you, if you're prepared for that, you can go, oh, yeah, no problem. Here's a and pull out a second quote, you know, send them. Oh, yeah, let me fire off. Here's the alternate quote that I can offer you. So that would be my suggestion if you're going to go in that rabbit hole of taking out work you don't really want to is, is give yourself a way out. I love that because if you have options for your client, you give them options. This is what package one costs. This is what package two costs. This is what package three costs. You choose. Um, I do that all the time. That is a, that is a great, uh, it's great advice. Uh, and then you can also say, this is what it costs and this is how much you're getting. This is what you're getting for it. And their client, your client's not going to question it. They're going to say, okay, I, I, this is what I can afford. This is my budget. I can go with package two oh. or one. Oh, so wedding photography. Okay. So this is just cause I've, I've, I did three weddings two summers ago as a backup shooter and I will never do it again. <laughs> I give props to anybody who's wedding photography. It is like, it's like a dance recital, but that it lasts all day. I, it's nuts. Um, I would, I would no, say. I- yeah, you don't know anything. I'll get the reference. <laughs> What's um, the stance yeah. you speak of? I, I, it's a stance for Anyway, m- moving on. No, don't worry about that. Strike that from the record. Um, I, I think if you could also do it from a psychological angle about saying, hey, if, if, uh, if money's an issue, we can happily split it up over three payments. And I think this does something a little bit sneaky, which I like. It puts mm-hmm. you on the the offensive you you are now coming to them like hey i can help you out and that can go either the person goes oh great thank you that's exactly what it is and we could totally do three payments or pride's gonna get in the way and like no no, no we're fine financially no i just was curious we'll pay the full price so you might get the full price anyway so that's a little that's a gem for free sarah that's you can take that one that was no no charge for the extra she's like i don't know what to do now these guys gave me completely different (laughs) advice so sarah best wishes pick your pick your poison (laughs) Uh, no i I think no i will say i will say i think there is a through line between all three of us i think i think there is a way to accept a lower rate you can combine all these comments you can accept a lower rate if you get something out of it and if you can take something out of the package 
Like if you can ensure that there's a number of checks there that it's going to be beneficial for you and you don't have to provide the full package you usually do, then you're, you're, you can rationalize that. And I think all three of us are saying that, but I, we have different approaches, which is interesting. Yeah. That, yeah. Value-based pricing, Google that please as well. And that will help you understand how you should position yourself to, you know, this is what you're providing. This is what, this is how you're charging. Um, just, well, that's another episode, but yeah. Yeah. Well, and we will talk about that. Okay. Well, thank you again, Sarah, for writing in. Really appreciate that. And anybody else who has any questions, we certainly appreciate oh, the opportunity love that to, question to, too. to share. Um, thank you very question, much, Sarah. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Great question. Okay. Are you, it's time for, uh, the freelance dance things we like. So let's do this speed round style since we've already, you guys have been listening to us for so long. So if you're still listening, I, you know, you're bless your heart. Super fan. Super fan. <laughs> yeah. um, all right. So I think, I think this is why people listen because they want to hear the things we like. They have to go through the whole episode and then finally, oh, great. Now I can hear what, what I need to buy this week. <laughs> So don't do this ever as the first thing of the episodes, what you're saying, Marty. Got it. Okay. Um, All right. So I'm just going to go first then. Please. Just to to get it out of the way. Um, My thing I like is Noom, that the the app for like, uh, it's not dieting, but it's like the way to, to psychologically analyze food consumption. It's a super slick um, way to approach it. And I'm doing this not because I want to lose massive amounts of weight. It's because I'm tired of going like up and down, up 10 pounds, down 10 pounds, up 10 pounds, down 10 like working out. And like, why does that go back and forth? I just want all my clothes to fit good. And this app has a psychological way of approaching it to kind of change the way you look at what you're consuming. Um, and not to penalize you or make you feel like a bad person for having a Whopper, which I don't, I'm, I don't, I don't do Burger King. Um, but not to penalize you, but also to help educate you. So this is a long-term thing. So anyway, that's my pick of the week. Noom. I've seen it. You, you get a coach, you get a sort of a tribe or a community to kind of help with it along with all the fitness or all the fitness tracking and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So that's my, that's my pick three weeks in guys. I'm three weeks in. Really? Congrats. Yep. I, I want to check it out. I'm going to check it out. Yeah. Okay. Let me know if you do. I think I get a referral if I can if, if you sign up for it. So don't he gets, leave he gets a hanging. free whopper. He gets a free whopper I if you a, sign up. Yeah. <laughs> I'll gladly give that away. Write in, please, and tell us you would like a whopper, and we'll mail it to you. Um, all right, that's my pick. That's my pick, uh, Brandon. What do you got? Oh yes, coming in hot this week. Uh, <laughs> so, so I think my pick for episode two or something was this thing called Bonjuro which is this video personalized video message service it, that was really more for like marketing automation. What I'm about to tell you this week, if you're a freelancer and you have, and you have high value clients, so this isn't going to be something you do for, you know, clients that are a few hundred dollars or something. Cause the time involved won't be worth it. But if you're, if you're trying to get higher end clients and you really want to respect their time, I am going to recommend the service called Vidyard, V-I-D-Y-A-R-D. And it's it's a non-marketing automation version of Bonjoro. But the idea here is you can quickly create videos and send them to people. Um, sounds simple, but this is incredible in the sales process. So what I'm doing now for my new business is I am 
pitching people directly with a video. I'm not sending them a template email that they're not going to read or that they get tons of. I'm, I'm creating a one minute video for everyone that I reach out to about work. This tool lets you do that. So I have a basic script. I personalize it for the person. Um, but there's a couple things that I do. So I have this app on my phone bonus pick here. It's called, I think it's just called big or big text. And I put the person's name on it. I'd say like, hi, Amy or whatever. And I hold it up in the first frame of the video. This gives me a thumbnail that I can use on my email to show that it is a personalized video. Uh, they get a little, like a three second looping GIF of me with the phone, talking to them, showing them it's a personalized video. This tool lets you do that, record the videos, and then you can see the analytics. So I can see who watched it, how long they watched it, if they click the button. All of this is transparent to me, so I can actually base my results on this. But the, the whole concept is, if you got an email from someone right now that you didn't know, and it included a personalized video that they made for you, and you knew it was personalized, what are the chances that both of you would watch it? Doesn't matter 100%. who it is. 100%. 99.9%. Marty's still a... not complaining. He's not convinced, but he's almost convinced. <laughs> I love but, 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 the, but the point is, the point is you're going to watch that video. It's, it's, there's too much. The fact that they made it for you, what are they going to say? They're using my name. It's, it's, it's too irresistible. So if you include this in your sales process and you say, I'm going to create a one minute video with a little basic script personalized for the client for every new job that I'm, I'm reaching out about. It is incredible. I've done, I've done 13 of these so far. I have a 70% response rate on these videos. That's insane. I only have two people that haven't watched them. Two different people that haven't watched them. Two out of 13. The rest have, have all watched them for varying times. Now, some, some people I've been surprised that have watched 100%. Some have only watched 32%. I'll be honest. I'll give you the full picture. It's, it's not always been 100% of the video. Um, but the response is incredible. And I'm getting acknowledgement from people saying, I can't believe you did this. In fact, I got an email from a venture capitalist yesterday who said, I thought this was dynamically generated. And I clicked the video and no, it was real. And he said, and it worked. And he's like, how about working for this company? It's only because That's I took insane, the time to man. make the video. That's insane. And embed. And what's great about Vidyard is it has this little button. It says copy thumbnail and link. And you just paste it into your, your email. And there you have that looping three-second GIF. And it's got the link to the video. And I've got the thing on my phone holding up in front of the screen saying, hey, insert name. They know it's for them. They're going to watch it. And I think out of 13, only having two not watched it, for whatever reason, maybe they just haven't seen it. They're on vacation. You're, you're getting really close to 100% response or a hundred percent view rate on that video. And so there's your opportunity to tweak your message. If, if you're only getting 32% or 32% of the way through the video, you know, maybe you need to tweak the video, but I've learned enough to, to tweak my video. My every week I record like five of these and I, I send one out each business day. Do you That's how to, I'm trying to scale it. Do you have to use your own equipment to record the video, your own software? No, it's, it's included straight in Vidyard. You just hit record video. You can, you can also upload a recorded video, but I use their browser thing. It has a countdown, three, two, one, go. Uh, I've got a ring light that I use to make sure the quality's good. Wow. And then you so get a landing make page. Sure you're looking good. Yeah. <laughs> they have the, can, so they, it's basically their own app that they created for you to record your own video. Yeah. 
there is a there is a chrome extension too see the way i've been doing it is just my my face my like the camera video but you can also include your desktop so let's say you want to let's say you're a designer and you want to critique something or you're you know you can you can pull up their current website and actually give them some feedback so that's even more personalized but my my whole this goes back to jake's point video is like everything you were you were going to watch that video. I've I've had responses from people that I did not expect to respond, like very high level Google Ventures investors who were just totally blown away by the approach. Not to say I've got work from them, but guess what? It's memorable, and I this is the only way for me to reach out and get work. I am I'm hey in, in marketing, just getting attention and having a response to it. That's ninety percent of the game. It is. There's so people are flooded with so many messages every day. So kudos, man. That's great. I'm I'm excited. I'm going to use it too. And real quick it. too. So as someone who builds emails, builds uses code to build email HTML emails. Um, is it is it a static image that I'm looking at when I open up my email, or is it an animated? It's GIF? a looping. It's a it's an animated GIF to make it even more realistic. In fact, uh, here's here's what they see in the first few minutes. They see me with the phone, my phone saying their name but also they see me say hey you know amy or hey brian they can see that i'm actually mouthing their name which makes it even wow. more real to show that this guy actually did this video that's amazing. but it's perfect I've, I've tried some like loom there's another one called loom that people use and it's actually got a lot of venture funny and all here's the problem with loom it puts a date on the video you record so for me i want to record five or ten of these in a batch and then slowly send them out with Vidyard, there's no date. So they just get a video with a play button and then book a meeting. It's very simple. So I can I can bank these in advance. And that's why I chose Vidyard primarily. There, there you go. So so key takeaway, Loom, if you're listening, make your make your uh, date dynamic. Make that's going to be the date I'm that it's sent. That's, is that yeah. a use case or like if somebody say I need that feature? I couldn't see a way to turn off the date, but I, I think... I, I get where they're coming from. Just Vidyard is customized for what I exactly I want from it. It's perfect for me. The branding, I can brand it to myself. It's $19 a month, I think, for the paid version. And the free version actually gives you a ton. It gives you a ton. So try the free version and just see what you think. But your clients, our prospective clients, will be blown away by a personalized video pitch. I guarantee it. My data proves nice. it. So do it. That That's like even better than just a, a, a like your thing you like. I mean, that's like proof positive that it works so that's like a testimonial slash that i have what data a gift, brandon i do I what have a data gift now. all right marty your time's up what do you got <laughs> okay <laughs> uh i am also going to talk about something that i use um for what i do um you most likely have heard of it if you're a designer it is called figma um there are a lot of apps out there right now uh, that make it easy for you to design, uh, prototype, uh, create quick mock-ups of uh, your app or your, your website that you're making. Um, but if you, haven't, if you haven't used Figma, you need to check it out because it's amazing. Um, it's all, it also has, uh, you know, it, it can be a replacement for like illustrator for vector graphics. Um, it can be, you can create animated GIFs in it. I think, uh, 
that could be wrong. I might, I might made that up. I think that might be a different app, but anyway, strike that from the record too. <laughs> Sorry. I, I think you could, you probably, it, it's prototype anyway, uh, prototyping your app. So here's the thing. Okay. What people have like, Oh, I, I've, I've got sketch or, you know, sketches, sketch is an app that's made for Mac or, uh, Adobe XD has got this entire, you know, Adobe. It's never going to go away where, where, you know, Figma just came out of nowhere and I, I can't really trust what they're, what they're making. Oh, and it, isn't it just like a web app? Like when you open it up, it's just running the website and the behind it wrong. Um, it is built. And this is what's impressive to me. This thing is not built with like, what is it? Uh, electron, uh, or, or the thing before it was like phone gap. <laughs> None of these old, old school technologies it's built on rust, uh, which is advanced web technologies web. Uh, what's it called? Wasm. I think it's Wasm. Um, I could be wrong about that too. I don't know what I'm talking about. Anyway, <laughs> I love you're just geeking out over this. No, and I'm telling and you, here's like, the this thing. is fascinating. Here's the thing. So fascinating. Wasm. Rust, yeah. Rust, uh, is an extremely performant, uh, backend service. That will run, will generate, and build your web, build uh, web components or web uh, your web programs built off of of all languages C plus plus. But anyway, there's a cool blog uh, blog post about Figma running on Rust. Um, it's not built on Electron, right? So you're 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 it's going to be it's going to feel like when you open up the app on Figma, it's not going to feel like you're working on a web app. It's going to feel you're going to feel like you're working on a on a uh, Local app that's that's on a computer that you've installed. It's crazy, but here's the cool thing too: it's free. Okay, <laughs> uh, that's also insane. I have not paid for Figma, and I use it f- as my daily uh, runner for for design every single day. Um, Some developer just cried when they heard you say that. I know. <laughs> well, who works on it? It's like <laughs> yeah, it's free. Um, Everything that you can do in Sketch and 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 um, Adobe XD, you can do on Figma or better. But there, are, you know, a lot of opinions in this space about which which design tool you should be using. I personally, especially this past year, feel like Figma is the number one and the best, and uh, I think you should try it out if you haven't. Are, um, are you in what, what we would consider an early adopter, Marty? Um, I was an early you, adopter. Like, yeah, beta. I was an early okay. adopter for this. Um, there are so many things like I, cause I use XD and I use sketch. Uh, I feel like my, my hands are, are tied when I'm using these other apps compared to Figma. Um, okay. So check it out. Thank you for that. I actually think my favorite thing that you said was it's not building on these, uh, old school technologies. It's built on rust. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I was like, to me, Rust seems like a pretty old old technology. It's been around since metal was here, but yep. I, I understand. I'll do some googling to figure out what that is about. Uh, that's cool, though. That's cool. I I use XD on a very limited. I'll uh, tell you well, what Rust so is limited, real quick. But Rust is a new programming language from Mozilla, the company that makes Firefox. They're using it to build next generation browser prototype called Servo, which demonstrates the browsers can be way faster than they are today. Rust is similar to C plus plus performance and low level ability but has a type system which automatically prevents whole classes of nasty bugs that are common in c++ programs 
Now, now, just so you know, he wasn't reading that. He knew that. He just was reciting his knowledge. That, that was not from Wikipedia, I promise you. That was Marty off the I dome. Just, I just want to say thanks for the explanation. I totally don't still get it. Okay, cool. So thank you for that. That was awesome. So, no, so that's you cool. got it. Yeah. That, and that's also, okay, This part of all these picks... All of us are in similar fields as freelancers, but we are also very, we work on very different things quite often. So I just, I appreciate you sharing that um, information because I think it's, I think it's interesting. It's just interesting to hear what's out there. All right. Well, that will wrap up episode 11 of the Freelance Dance. Uh, Thanks, Brandon and Marty for joining and having this awesome conversation. So until next time. See you guys later. The free this no, this is not the the end. I can't end the show like that. I can't we, end the show like we're, that. We always join though. We're always on. Like we have to we, be here. You force well, us. Yeah. Why wouldn't we join? <laughs> you said you're part right, of our en- tribe. We're whether you like it or not. We're, we're we're ending the show. See you guys later. Episode eleven. We'll see you at episode twelve. See. Ya. I, lo- I love you guys. Ah. I have mixed feelings. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Freelance Dance. If you found this episode helpful, we'd love it if you would leave us a review. Have an idea for a show or a question? Go to thefreelancedance.com or hit us up on Twitter at underscore Freelance Dance. Don't miss an episode. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Amazon, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Until next time.